Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. How many know that you have a calling on your life to do more than your human ability? I'm trying to word it this way. Because a calling from God that is in your capability is just irritating your laziness. Because if you're capable of doing certain things then, then, and, and you're not, you're just lazy. And I, I really believe God is prompting some of the laziness out of the body of Christ right now because they're not even doing what they're capable of doing, much less stretching the envelope to become the greatest of all. Uh, the, today's message is interesting because if you remember last week I had a great message and it kind of got family time and I would I I was excited all week that I didn't have to prepare because I had all my notes and I had it ready and then I had I had a week that that I have I've needed and and I didn't realize how much I needed it until I was journaling last night I went and I went I went and um Susie's like at home and told me she had all this food that she could cook. And I'm like, I didn't want to eat it. I didn't want to be with her. I wanted to be alone. I wanted to be alone with God. And, and she's graceful. And I went and to, to uh, Emmy's restaurant in Deland, and it only had a nine-hour waiting list. And so I ate at the bar. But I, 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 have, a, I have a new writing tablet it, it's it's where it's it's paper it's not a ipad it doesn't correct my spelling i handwrite like it's a piece of paper but it's electronic it's my newest toy and it's working out quite well and and i was journaling i was journaling what god has been teaching me this week in the, the last two weeks and i was just journaling because he's he's speaking to me about some things, and 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 I was just doing my time with the Lord, and I'm sitting there with tears running down my eyes, and you know, I thought, man, if I had a beer here, I'd just cry in my beer, you know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm it, it was an interesting. It's just a, it was an interesting setup, and and so I questioned what to call today's message. Uh, I'm going to call it the greatest of all. As a, as a Christian, I'm I'm, you know the. God didn't take that competitive thing out of me. He just sanctified it. I'm competitive. If I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to be the greatest of all. I am like Peter. I will cut your ear off. You know, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. You know, uh, he said, uh, when he called me a prophet, I said, okay, who's the best prophet in the Bible? Samuel. Not one of his words fell to the ground. I'm like, that's what I want. And I heard the Holy Spirit go, Really? I don't want one of my words to fall to the ground unfulfilled. And he goes, are you man enough to go through the testing and the fire it would take for me to give you that kind of power? I'm like, sure. Two weeks later, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> what is this? It, it, and as a matter of fact, Susie drove a, a, a Mark 7 at the time. And, and the, the, we had to, I had to rent a car because of the suspension and so I, I, wrote, uh, I rented a uh, Camaro 
V8 Camaro. Uh, it was red. And uh, it had a big V8 in it. it. It was a convertible. And so I come pulling up in the house and my two sons, you know, they only knew, they knew the stories. They knew that I used to be a motorhead and I'm like, get in. And I tore up the backside of Deltona. I had that thing sideways, smoking tires. It was, it was hot, dude. It, it, and the whole time I'm hearing Holy Ghost going, you need to stop it. You need to stop it. I'm like, no, I want to be cool for a change. And I mean, I'm just, I mean, that thing was, it had power. So I dumped the oldest kid off and mom and the younger one got in the car and we heading out 44 to go to dinner and boom, troop, uh, 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 sheriff turns around, pulls me over for speeding. Now my wife and kids are in the car and, uh, sheriff goes, we had a call about somebody tearing up the backside of Deltona. That wouldn't have been you, would it? No, it wasn't me. <laughs> Sat right there and lied in front of my kids. I just rented this. It's just a rental. He goes, when did you rent it? Just a little bit ago. Lied through my teeth. Meanwhile, I was praying before he came up to the car. God, give me mercy. <laughs> give me mercy. <laughs> And he wrote me a ticket. I didn't talk to God that night before I went to bed. I didn't talk to God the next morning. I didn't talk to God for like two days in a row. On the third day, I felt like his Holy Spirit was lifting off me. And, and I, I was like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And I, I said, Lord, Lord, I, I need you. W will you forgive me? And he goes, you've been whining and crying and begging for power, and I can't even trust you with a V8 Camaro? <laughs> Do you know how many dead people would be around if I gave you that kind of power with your emotions not being able to, someone make you mad? Boom, there'd be smoke. He said, which one do you want? You want my power? You're going to let me heal you? You're going to let me test you? And I'm like, you want to be the greatest, but you won't go through the process. I'm writing some of this in my journal last night. I've matured. You still can't trust me with a V8, but. <laughs> so I got a V6 with twin turbo. It's got more, actually more power than that thing had. Anyway, um, here's some keys. Here's some keys. Matthew chapter 23, verse 11 says, the greatest among you will be the one who always serves others. This is a passion translation. The great, if you want to be the greatest, and listen, that's not, that's not a wrong ambition. What does it say? He always serve others from the heart. See, Today's message, I'm titling it The Greatest of All, but I also wrote last night, The Greatest of All or Superficial Spirituality versus Genuine Humility. It's kind of a subtitle. Superficial Spirituality versus Genuine Humility. And this is what I was writing last night is, is I want to be the greatest, but 
The greatest among you will be the one who serves, always serves others. Verse 12. Then it says, remember this. If you have a lofty opinion of yourself and seek to be honored, you will be humbled. But if you have a modest opinion of yourself and choose to humble yourself, you will be honored. And the only reason you want to be the greatest is you actually want to be honored. The question is, you want to be honored by man or you want to be honored by God? When true humility comes in, your, your quest or your, your effort is to be honored by Father himself. And, and, and this, is, this is a process. When I was journaling last night, in my early years, a strong, strong prophetic gift got me in trouble a lot. But I always got around leadership. And I became a warning to many leaders that things were about to go south or there was things in their life not right. And it happened time after time after time. And it got to the point where I was like, God, I don't want to be a leader. Because when a leader fails, he takes too many people with him. And I made a deal with God. If I ever come close to being a, a failure that would put a black eye on your name, I give you permission to kill me first. And he's taken me up on that a couple times. Some of you met sweet baby Jesus. I met the king of the kings and the lion of Judah. He don't play with me. But what I had investigated with these leaders that had failed in my conversation with, with, with four of them, these were successful that had major failures. And my question to them was, when was the last time you led someone to Christ or had a prophetic word or encouraged someone outside of your public pulpit ministry? One of them said never. One of them said 15 years before he had ministered or served somebody outside. Listen, because there's an anointing on the corporate thing, and the problem is you can hide your lack of relationship on a corporate anointing. And I've had some successes in the last few years with God. I have some big promises, but I also feel the weight of responsibility on it. I'm feeling the weight of responsibility right now. We have Diana Jones moving to that place. We have Ann Madure getting married and moving to Tallahassee. We've had others. Listen. You know what's been great about this season? There's people leaving, but they're really not mad at me. That's new. I mean, I'm writing a book right now. Everybody loves Charlie, and then they don't. Anyway, uh, you know, because when you tell people the truth, sometimes they want to make you the, the scapegoat, and then they don't want anything to do with you because they don't want to deal with what they need to deal with. But, but, but what I'm saying, there's, 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 there's responsibility as a leader. So in the last two weeks, I've been saying, okay, God, we're, we're dwindling. It, 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 it's still God's how. I, I'm, I'll give him the keys and walk away, but he won't let me because I'm not supposed to. And so I, I, I've been pushing. I've been pushing. Listen, there's people that come to this church because I, prof- I prophesied over them. 
But God would not let me use my prophetic gift for, for the first 12 years in this house. He wouldn't let me build with that gifting, although it is his gifting. I went to Santa Fe a few weeks ago, and the pastor just flat threw me under the bus and said, oh, he's a prophet, and prophesy over people. I'm like, you idiot, you know, let me pray, maybe. And 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 it was it was accurate, and it was high-level accurate it, it, to, to where the reports coming back kind of stroked my ego just a little bit. I'm like, dang, I'm good. And it was good. It was encouraging. So then I'm saying, but God, why won't, just let me turn this thing on and we can pack the place. I had a preacher in New York said to me one time, I've been traveling where you go preach and prophesy, but you don't prophesy. In my, if you would prophesy when you come to my church, we could pack the place. And I said, the problem is, is that my gift is in control of God, not you. But let's face it, you can pack a house if you just turn on the prophetic. But it doesn't mean God's always in it. And so so this week I have felt some of the, the pressures and the weight. I mean, I was supposed to be on a ministry trip next weekend with the outreach and, and canceled it. And, 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 and so I'm looking at where we're at. The greatest among you will be the one who always serves others. Yesterday, or this week, Rodney, Rodney had me pray for him because he was going to Mexico and preach. And so I prayed for him. And, and you know, Rodney and I, we, we're, just, we're buddies. And he's like, I'm so glad I'm going to Mexico because my daughter's moving and I ain't got to move her. <laughs> so he thought that was God sending him to Mexico. So he didn't have to go up and down that apartment, two-story apartment, and move her stuff. As soon as he said it, the Lord said something to me. I'm like, mm-mm, I reject that. Got home and rejected it again. Told Susie about it. I'm like, man, I think God's messing with me. And finally, I waited till Saturday morning and still argued. And, and, and Holy Spirit said, is Rodney doing what the father asked him to do? Yeah, he's in Mexico. I don't, I don't do Mexico. He says, well, then you cover him as a father and go help her move. I'm like, no. I don't want to. So, so here, here's where I'm getting at. I know I hear God's voice. Rodney didn't ask me to do that. Holy Spirit did. You go cover his daddiness while he follows me. And, you know, some of Rodney's kids are, you know, not walking where Rodney would want. Well, I got to pray over her house, her new house that she just bought. I, I don't know the significance of all that other than something unlocked in me when I obeyed and went to serve. Something unlocked in me when I took flyers from Louie and Ken and walked and knocked on doors 
this one lady, I said, hey, we're having this outreach. And I said, you know, Identity Church. And I said, I said, hey, he's got a really great pastor. And she goes, really? I said, yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> I said, I pulled my mask down. And he's good looking too. See him? You know. <laughs> but it would, but, but there was something, there, there was something, there was a weightiness of God that came on me because I went to serve. I went to serve. See, I don't, I, I don't want to be known as a prophetic gift and not as a servant. And, and it, it, it was interesting how, how God, I'm writing this stuff down and, and, and there was this, these three couples that, from Ovita that came up to that restaurant and didn't realize the lady was looking at me the whole time. She saw the tears. And she says, is that an iPad? And I said, no, this is kind of electronic paper. And what are you doing? I said, I'm journaling. Why? I said, I, I just had some encounters with God. So, <laughs> meanwhile, I'm I'm preacher at the bar, talking about God, talking about the things of God. And it just like, wow. The Lord said, turn this into your message as an example. Because you've been praying for evangelism. And it unlocked because of servanthood. So go to Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. That, that's the scripture because humility... Humility unlocks servanthood. When, when, I mean, I, I'm the senior leader. I, I, I could sit up here and, and, and shout orders and do that. But if you're going to walk with, with Holy Spirit, He's going to make you serve. He's going to make you get in the trenches. He's going to make you walk beside. And, and, and I don't want to be, I don't want to have someone ask me a question. Yeah, it was 20 years ago that I actually ministered to somebody outside of the pulpit ministry. That's not going to be me. That is, servanthood is your safety net for failure. So let, let's go to, to verse 1 of that chapter, because I want, I want to take this, and I want, to, I want to break down Moses. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman that he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Verse 2. So they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? So you've got Miriam, who is a prophet of God. You've got Aaron, who was assigned to be Moses' prophet. So now you've got two prophets. And you know, two prophets with an attitude are trouble. And the Lord heard it. You know, the Lord hears your, your comments. And then the verse 3, now the man, Moses, was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. What's interesting to me is Moses wrote about that. This was Moses' book. It'd be, okay, let me write you. I'm going to write a book. Charlie Coker is the most humble man on the face of the earth. Author, Charlie Coker. <laughs> Some of you would go, Huh? You can't say that, but you know what? Would you understand humility? You can. Yeah. 
So I started messing around with... I had to even look it up this morning. The word humility there, or humble, is a Hebrew word, A-N-A-V. Here's what it says. Depressed in mind or circumstances. It translates meekness, translate humility, humble. It's from the root word meaning affliction. Moses was afflicted because of the great burden of all the people. When you, when you break down this, it, it also converts humility, meekness, patience, and gentleness. And, and the reason Moses could, could say he was the most humble was first one, uh, Ken, we were saying we're believers, we should believe. God told Moses he was a prophet. God told Moses he, 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 he would talk to him face to face. God told Moses things that he didn't tell anybody else. The humility comes when you're talking to the creator of the universe and he calls you something you know that you're not and you have to believe that you are what he says you are and then you'll grow into it. And humility, humility is the seedbed of that growth. Does that make sense? So verse 4, suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. The Lord came down on the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the temple and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both went forward. And here's, he says, hear now my words. Is there a prophet among you? Both of those are prophets, by the way. He's talking to Moses' problem children. Is there a prophet among you? I, the Lord, make myself known to them in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant, Moses. He is faithful in all my house. So you can have humility and not be faithful, and you'll miss it. (laughs) I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. You know the scriptures that he talks in dark sayings? That's to the average people, not to Moses. He doesn't talk in dark sayings to a humble man that has to believe God said he's bigger than he is. He has to, it it, it brings humility when when God tells you to stand in front of these three million people and, and I'll protect you. Really? They want to kill me. So his humility makes God call his two trouble people out on the carpet. I talk to you in visions. I talk to you in dreams. I talk to him face to face. Come on. Even plainly, not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of God. Wait a minute. Scripture says anybody that sees God will die. The problem is most of us aren't dead enough to see him. You're just not dead enough. 
He even goes on. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord was aroused against him, and he departed. Listen, if you want God to defend you and your ministry, walk in humility. Be willing to carry the burdens of the people, that he will make you the answer for the people. It, humility is, I'm going to be a servant, even if they don't know who I am. I'm going to serve even though they don't know I talk to him face to face. I was talking to that lady last night, and you could tell that, that she had had some Christian upbringing. She knew some of the vernacular and stuff. And, and she's looked at me, and she says, you, you have a unique relationship with Lord, I think. I said, I do. She goes, how unique? And I said, well, I've had him sit in my car and talk to me. I had him walk through a lightning bolt through the wall and talk to me. She goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, but you know what the problem is? I can't say I didn't understand. I can't say I missed you. When he talks to you that plainly, it's either do or die. Either obey or not. So I don't have the grace that some other people that can use an excuse. Well, I thought it was just a dream. Maybe he was saying this. When he says, do thou this or I kill you, there's a responsibility. But I'm telling you, most people don't want to hear God that clear because of the process you have to go through. Listen to Matthew 23, 1 and 2. When Jesus addressed the crowds and his disciples and said, the religious scholars and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat as the authorized interpreters of the law. Here's what, this is, this is, this is, scriptures above to be the greatest of them all. You sit in Moses' seat. People want authority. Verse 3, so listen and follow what they teach, but don't do what they do, for they tell you one thing and do another. That's the preachers that had moral failures. They hadn't led someone to Christ. They hadn't stepped into their personal relationship anointing. They, they relied on their corporate gifting, and they hid behind it. Verse 4, they tie on your backs an oppressive burden of religious obligations and insist that you carry them out, but never lift a finger to help ease your load. They're serving their ministry. They're not serving the people. Verse 5, everything they do is done to show and to be noticed by others. They want to be seen as holy. So they wear oversized prayer boxes on their arms and foreheads with scriptures inside and wear extra long tassels on their garments. Verse 6, they crave the seat of highest honor at banquets and in their meeting places. And how they love to be admired by men with their titles of respect, aspiring to be recognized in public and have others call them reverend. I tried to use my reverend card to get into the hospital last night to see Dan. They wouldn't even open the door. So this reverend card didn't work. I got to go see him in regular visiting hours now. But you are, verse 8, you are to be different from that. 
you are to be different from that. The religious system will say, hey, let me interpret the law for you. Let me interpret the Bible for you. Let me interpret that. Instead of, I'm going to sit as if I'm Moses. But the problem is, is you don't have the relationship Moses had because you don't even sit with him. You're sitting in his seat, not your own. Verse 8, but you are to be different from that. You are not to be called master, for you have only one master, You're, and you are all brothers and sisters. Verse 9, you are not to be addressed as father. Now, I do believe in spiritual fathering. He's talking about father because father is God. Verse 10, nor are you to be addressed as teacher, for you have one teacher, the anointed one. Verse 11, the greatest among you will be the one who serves others. Do you realize... There's 10 verses of don't do's. If you want to be the greatest, sir. Remember this, verse 12. If you have a lofty opinion of yourself, seek to be honored, you will be humbled. But if you have a modest opinion of yourself and choose to humble yourself, you will be honored. I just pinned a few things. Who wants to be the greatest of all? That's not a wrong, it's not a wrong approach. Believe you are who God says you are. Build a relationship with God on that level. If you, if, if God has told you you are something and you go, yep, I am. I have nothing to work on. You haven't heard God. Okay. I'm going to challenge that one. Humility is birth out of this relationship. Ken, Ken said it best. Listen, worship was awesome. It's just what we're doing. What Ken said was, listen, if you're a believer, get along with God and ask him his opinion of you. And then believe what he says. He's going to tell you, you're an overcomer. And you're like, I can't get over nothing. <laughs> You're going to speak to thousands. My wife won't listen to me. I mean, you're going to have an, an antidote for everything. You're so loving. My dog barely loves me. You know, you're going to, but, but you're going to have to hear what he says about why is, is he the DNA in you? Then let him talk to himself inside you. And then you come along and make the adjustments to line up with what he says. Number two. Obedience to Holy Spirit will give you insight and strategies to serve others with God's anointing and purposes. He'll give you Jesus' heart. Listen, when, when the Lord said, go help her move, I, I can be honest with you. I'm busy. I wouldn't even help my own kids move. You don't want to hear the argument? I'm having shoulder surgery in a month. The Lord says, good, then you won't ruin it. <laughs> I'm sure Susie has a honeydew list. She did, remember? Fix the speaker. You did it last night. Why did I do it last night? Because I didn't have an excuse Saturday morning. Come, I, I looked for excuses. You know, that's, I don't have her address. I don't have her phone number. Her mother didn't answer. 
Get on Messenger. I don't like Messenger. I've got her address. That's 38 miles away. Are you sure? What excuse are you giving God not to go serve? He reminded me journaling last night. I had a I had a real breakthrough with the Lord. And when I had the breakthrough, I'm like, wow. Here's what I said to him. That was cool. What did I do that moved your hand on my behalf? When you journal, you write things down, and then you look six, eight months later. And there was a person that wanted to borrow my pressure washer. And I was prepared to give it to her, and I was going to start it, and the carburetor had seized up, and I had to order a carburetor. So it took a couple of weeks, and I got a new carburetor, and I got it working, cranked it up, and I'm like, man, now she can come get it, or I can bring it to her. The Lord says, yeah, uh-huh. He said this to me. She doesn't have a husband. She looks to me. You go pressure wash the driveway in the house. I'm on my bicycle arguing with God. I said, do you do know what I have to do today? He goes, I can clear your schedule. I'm like, hmm, I didn't like that tone. He said, you want to argue with me or are you going to obey me? I said, Lord, I'll obey you. Ten minutes later, I get a text. Hey, I'm not going to be able to meet today. I'm like, okay, my schedule just got cleared. And I went and served. Four or five days later, I had an encounter with the Lord, and I said, what, what moved your hand? He goes, when you served? When you were Jesus? When you were somebody else's husband that didn't have one? I've been asking God for evangelism and anointing for evangelism. I'm journaling last night at a bar. What opened the door? Servanthood. I, I, I'm, I'm going to just make this a staple. Maybe your miracle is being withheld because you won't serve. Thank you, Jesus. And I ain't putting it in a box. <laughs> so... And you know what? It's not always convenient. I, I, I literally, I've watched God when my, 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 my answer was yes. A customer cancels and gives me the morning to go do what he asked me to do. I was able to go and, 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 and serve. It's, it's multiple. It's multiple. Rodney sends me a text. Wow, thanks for moving my girl. That's what covenant does. Do you realize in your servanthood and fallen Holy Spirit, he, he will strengthen covenants. So who, who are you being the covenant server to? When you have a covenant with him, are you giving him 
the right to say, go serve. Stay faithful in your relationship, and you will stay faithful in your calling. Humility will make heaven fight on your behalf. And it's because of humility that relationship is birthed. Humility is the benefactor of that relationship. But it's humility. Listen, I I journaled some of this last night because I've always used the scripture, you know, touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. So I like being a prophet because he'll protect me. But Moses was a prophet. Aaron was a prophet. And Miriam was a prophet. Who did he protect? The one that was humble. Jesus humbled himself as a man to serve us so we could have relationship with him and the Father through Holy Spirit. So our greatest example of serving is him. And I think this is my takeaway scripture, Matthew 23, 12. Remember this, if you have a lofty opinion of yourself and seek to be honored, you will be humbled. But if you have a modest opinion, I didn't say a dirt opinion, a real honest opinion. When I wrote something on this last night on my journal, the Lord says, you give yourself truthful report cards. You've always given yourself a truthful report card. I know when I'm good at something. I know when it's maybe a God gifting that I've turned into a natural gift. But I also know when I have a weakness and his strength comes in, that's humbling. When you, you put your hand to the plow, you, it's outside of you. You can't do it. And then God shows up. That isn't pride and arrogance. It blows me away that God actually uses me. It, and as I was, it's, it's renewing your friendship. And listen, I've been walking with God enough. Sometimes you need to renew your friendship. Years ago, there was a lady, and, and I, I saw her sickness, and I saw her disease, and I prophesied to her and laid hands on her, and God healed her. I was like, yeah. Got up the next morning, do my, stroke my ego, Jesus. And he goes, hey, can, can, can I tell you the truth? I said, yeah, 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 I can handle the truth. He goes, that was you, not me. I didn't want to heal her. I said, why not? If you would have taken a breath, I would have given you a different avenue. I would have given you the real root issue to her sickness. She has unforgiveness toward her ex-husband. That is the root for her disease. And it's going to come back. I said, really? I said, but why did you heal her? Because he your heart and your motivation, I didn't want to embarrass you. Are you telling me it wasn't your will to heal her, but because my heart, my motivation, my you didn't want to embarrass me? He goes, ah. That's what friends do. About five years later, I run into the same lady in a conference in Jacksonville. 
Sure enough, it came back. Sure enough, I told her. And her friend's going, we told you. Everybody knew it. I said, well, you can live or die with this disease. Repent, get rid of your unforgiveness, and let Jesus finish your healing. The point is, some people think, boy, that's an arrogant statement. No, it's not. It's not an arrogant statement. God's not going to bend some of this other than friendship. And if humility is not our foundation, I don't think we're going to see the supernatural. If servanthood is not where we're going, I don't think we're going to see some of the promises. Does this make sense? Well, then go and send no more. Thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to IdentityChurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.